It be too late to alter course, matey. And there be plundering pirates lurking in every cove. And mark well me words, matey. Dead men tell no tales. <laughs> the code is more what you call guidelines than actual rules. Welcome aboard the Black Pearl. Welcome to the Pirates of the Caribbean Minute, a daily podcast where we analyze, scrutinize, and plunder the Pirates of the Caribbean films one blimey minute at a time. I'm Scott Artis from scottartis.com. And I'm Heather Artis from blackpearlminute.com. Thanks for joining us for Minute 105 of The Curse of the Black Pearl. Just one more day ticked away out of the week as the weekend rapidly approaches. Well, hopefully it's rapidly approaching anyways, at least for our sakes. We are moving along, and I'm sure season one of the show will be here before we know it, especially given there's, what, only 38 episodes left in Curse of the Black Pearl. You're sure season one will be here before we know it? Or the, the end, end of, of season, season one. one? Yeah, we're going to start it all over again. <laughs> just just play our we're gonna Now that we've got the rhythm of things, we're going to start <laughs> over and catch up. That way those first episodes are then brought up to speed. That's what we're going to do. Okay. We'll try not to do too much repeating. But maybe, I'm not so sure that yeah, would happen. It, it's possible. Maybe we just go through and like get a transcript from all those episodes and reread it. <laughs> it's a reading of the reading of the podcast. There you go. And it should be fun for everyone. So tune in. Yeah, tune in. That'll be coming up in 38 episodes. Now, actually, but 38 episodes out of 143 that are left. I said that backwards. 143 <laughs> out of 38 that are left. Now, that is some crazy stuff. Next week, we will have a couple of guests, Cassandra and Norman from Lord of the Rings Minute, as they will help us break down our return to Isla de Muerta, at least the treasure cave part of the Isla de Muerta, considering we are at Isla de Muerta right now. That we are. So they'll help break down the rest of it. As for now, though, I'm ready to check Minute 105 off the list. What about you? Check. In the previous minute, Commodore Norrington launches his first children's game, I Spy With My Little Eye. A pirate ship with black sails that's crewed by the damned and captained by a man so evil that hell itself spat him back out. <laughs> did, did Norrington actually say that? No, it's part of the I Spy game. Oh, okay. Just a fun little game that every responsible parent should get to keep their kids busy and frightened about immortal skeletons. Meanwhile, the smug little Swami Gillette calls the psychic hotline to get the lowdown on Aztec curses, but instead opts to up the ante for a private reading regarding the future of the franchise. Mermaids? Really? Ha! And the next thing you'll expect me to believe is that on Stranger Tides, clears a billion (laughs) dollars. Minute 105 begins with Captain Jack Sparrow rowing to the cave on Isla de Muerta. The HMS Dauntless nestled in the fog and perfectly framed by the cave's opening. Captain Barbosa, Bosun, Pentel, Rigetti, and the rest of the cursed crew escort Will Turner into the treasure room. Pentel explains the situation to Will... No reason to fret, just a little prick of the finger, a few drops of blood. The minute ends with Jack interrupting the crew in the curse ceremony. Will says, where's Elizabeth? Jack responds, she's safe, just like I promised. She's all set to marry Norrington, just like she promised. And you get to go die for her. Just like you promised. Well, actually he says, and you get to die for her. I didn't really have any particular spot to start. And so I guess he could kind of just roll down from the top of the minute. I want to start at the apple. Not the apple. Okay, before we get to the apple, 
the cinematography. That's what I just wanted to oh, kind of okay. bring up in the sink. So you have this. Well, actually, I think it's really more the cinematography shot of the week. I could do it like my pirate word of the week phrase. The you cinematography could. shot of the week is definitely the view of Jack Sparrow rowing into the cave on Isla de Muerta. He's in the foreground and the cave opening frames the nighttime unnatural fog that's surrounding the Dauntless sitting anchored just off the island. And I thought that was just a really cool, just warmed my heart to see that scene. <laughs> I, it looked kind of cool, though. Hey, I said it warmed my heart. My blackened heart. As Jill, or as Jill. <laughs> Jack and Jill. Is that really where you were going <laughs> with know. this? As Jack is rowing in and he's got this smirk across his face like he has the... Everything to this minute. Well, he has all the cards, and so yeah, he's pretty that's tickled how I was with himself. To come up with it. it, just wasn't coming. Yeah, so he's he's all tickled because Elizabeth is now locked away. Which, by the way, we were talking about yesterday, and I just happened to be perusing the lines again because you were trying to call me out, like, "Well, how did that happen?" Norrington couldn't have ordered Gillette to actually lock Elizabeth yeah. up. Yeah. Well, if you look at the lines, you see. Oh, what does Gillette say? This is rehashing because it only serves my point to say, Norrington ordered you to be what? Norrington ordered. That's all we need to know. Norrington ordered. So there we go. Put another win in the column for Scott Artist. I don't see Norrington ordered. It's actually Elizabeth who says it. That's what I meant. No, you didn't. Hey, I just told you. She says, don't care what the Commodore ordered. He's still... that. I'm just reading into things because obviously in the conversation we didn't see, they said that she was ordered to be locked up for her safety. I just extended it further. So there you go. I'm still questioning how. No, he, there's no rehashing anymore. I got the win in the column. That's all we need to know. Word I told you there was the multiple boats to. There was multiple avenues to do that. There's the flags, flag signaling. I mean, do we really have to go over this again? It was just last minute. You guys can rewind it. And you can see that I'm right now. They're not really rewinding it. You just step back and play episode 104 again. So you don't really have to rewind it. Rewind. Be kind, rewind. Yes. See, nobody out there knows that. They're like, what is that? Depending on what age group you're talking. My age group. We don't know they that. Don't, exactly. There we go. Phew. So yeah, anyways, some cool cinematography. Oh, and the big moment that I was right from yesterday. I know you wanted to go with that. I didn't say you were wrong. Well, no, we already moved along. I didn't say you were wrong. I was just asking how he got word. No, I wanted to say I was right, and I but won. You, I never said you were wrong, so that doesn't make any sense. So you're saying and I'm I always like, right. No. Anyways, we've moved along to Twig and Kohler now because- So we just jump over the apple? The apple's all part of it. The apple is- Okay, what do you want to say about the apple? I wanted to say, here's Barbosa's apple again. He's getting all set and ready to eat it as soon as the curse drops. That's what I wanted to say. Barbosa is certain, you're right, that the curse is ending this time. He knows he has the right turner to end the curse. So much so that he brings with him his apple to taste as soon as he's restored to normal. And he walks with a bounce. Well, he's happy. I know. He's got a giddy up in his step. I'm going to be able to actually taste this apple. That's what he's thinking, right? Exactly. So what are you giggling about? I don't know. That was just some of my random thoughts that I actually had. That was one of them on my list. I have another random thought. I see this show's going to go to hell in a handbasket here. Why do pirates always keep skulls in with their treasures? No, what do you mean? Always keep skulls with their treasures. Yeah. To keep people away? Like ye intruders beware? 
every time you see a pirate's booty, death and grief, you always see skulls in there. And is it soaked with blood of the trespassing thief? If you're watching everybody walk into the cave, right? Yeah. Off to the left is a bowl with a bunch of treasure in it and a skull in there. Yeah, because the skull frightens people away. These people were really. Yeah, because if you could see that, oh, I recognize that guy. How are you going to recognize by by his skull? skull? No. He, yeah, you recognize it. You go, oh my god, look, that's what happened to Billy. Billy tried to steal the treasure, and now look, he's just a skull sitting here. No, it's just part of the... Well, there's a lot of skeletons lying around. For what reason? Because people go in there, they die. No, you got to keep them there. That way it frightens other people. So they stink up your treasure? The skeletons don't stink. Yeah, but they die in there, so they're going to stink. Not recently, though, so the smell's gone by now. There could be fresh ones in there. There's no fresh ones. You're obviously really stretching this round. I, I do apologize, everyone out there, because this is going to be a rough one. I'm looking at the weather, and it says stormy seas ahead. <laughs> Regarding my other random thoughts, since Heather wanted to jump to random thoughts, Jack blows Barbosa's mind when he pops up and interrupts the ceremony. Yeah. Barbosa has to be rethinking his plan about marooning anyone, anyone ever again on Rum Runner's Isle. This is the worst island to ever maroon somebody on because obviously it's a three-hour tour. A three-hour tour. And then that's it. If you just want somebody gone for a little bit, like to have a mini marooning vacation, you send them to Rum Runner's Isle. Yes. Not only that, they come back happy. <laughs> All is well. Well, he's, he's got it's full of rum. And what's funny is that Jack comes back all happy-like and the crew are just stunned that he's here. He's just kind of nonchalantly kind of walking into every the whole treasure room scene. Excuse me. Yeah. Pardon. But it just shows you his personality because it's not like he's coming in there and he just whaps somebody with an oar just to no. say, that's what you get for leaving me there. He just walks through. Just the walks cl- through. Crowd. Like nothing ever happened, actually. Like he's at a concert and trying to get up to the front row. That's exactly what he's doing. He's trying to get through the mosh pit. Exactly. We also see Barbosa starting the process of repaying the blood, and he begins with a ritual again. The same ritual that he right. did earlier. This was something that we wondered about the first time, and then I think I was asking, why did he procrastinate so much? Why was he doing all this pomp and circumstance instead of just getting on with things? Yeah. Because whenever you procrastinate in a movie or in real life, uh, not always real life, because if it was really down to that, then I'd stop procrastinating, and I'm a procrastinator. Yeah. So in the movie, in the movie, what are you like, Rigetti over there throwing in? You're like, yeah. strips, strips. <laughs> the whole point is, is that procrastination in the movie always leads to the wrong thing happening. So I thought Barbosa should really be Johnny on the spot at the time. And let's just spill some blood, get this over with and move along. Don't do all the pomp and circumstance, the ritual, getting everybody all pumped up. Maybe he has to do the ritual. Well, that's what I'm... Can you not hear the tone of my voice that I was like leading up to something here? How dare you? How dare you steal my thunder? So he has to do this ritual. Otherwise, the curse will not be undone. Wow, that's a brilliant thought there, Scott. That's what I'm saying. He starts this speech again. What are you talking about? Yeah. And I'm shifting my belief, or you should be shifting your belief since this is the one you started, that there are certain words that are part of the ceremonial process to end the curse. Especially 
after what went down the last time, he would not just be stalling for the sake of drama, so it must be part of relieving the curse. He's not really stalling like he did last time, though. Last time he did his big old huge speech, blah, 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 blah. Now he's just going into Well, he learned his lesson the, the last time. He's just going to do the ritual the and ritual call it a day. The ritual, and that's it. Yeah. He's got to do the ritual. And slice the throat. <laughs> Too bad we weren't ending there, because that would have been a nice bloody note to end on. I don't like to end on bloody notes. Jack corrects Barbosa's English is another yeah. random thought I have here. That's this awesome. is obviously going to be the minute of random thoughts. That was awesome. So he really just comes in with the possible versus probable word definition thing going on here. Just to show Barbosa up. Well, I thought that it was funny that these are pirates and he's actually kind of doing this lesson on, oh no, you, what you meant to say was this. Well, he corrected Will about the commandeering. That's true. What is Jack? Is he like an English teacher? <laughs> that is correct. He's uh-huh. got like a, his pet peeve. Is not using is the not right using, word. He is like a proper English gentleman pirate all of a sudden. <laughs> with some crazy mannerisms. That's pretty funny. Yeah, that's right. That's part of his character uh-huh. is correcting people on that. Well, very cool. But then he goes on with his verbal jujitsu, this... Just confusing everyone with the word salad kind of thing. You think it's confusing? Well, I think he's kind of just trying to lead things up. I think he's stalling. Well, I was wondering, what was the purpose of telling Will that Elizabeth is all set to marry Norrington like she promised? Is this just to make sure Will is flexible enough and safe to stick to the plan that Jack is about to lay out? What? Why does he do that? Maybe to get him a bit angry and want to fight for her. And to go along with Jack's plan, whatever plan he may have, so that he can get to Elizabeth as soon as possible. That's actually what I had in my notes. And that makes me sad now. So that must be wrong, everybody. (laughs) That's obviously the wrong answer. I chose poorly this time. Just like the knight in... You got a different answer? ...said in uh, Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade. You chose poorly. Yeah, because... That's a Star Wars thing. That's not a Star Wars thing. You just made everybody in the audience sad, too. (laughs) It's so pathetic and sad. It's not like you you chose poorly, young Padawan? No. Oh. You chose poorly, the wrong little kid to play Anakin. That's what he did. (laughs) Now look at, you've derailed this whole episode. This whole episode is just, people are going to go, you got to skip episode 105. Don't listen to 105. Just skip it. You might as well go from 104 to 106. Well, There's that's a, nothing in 105. <laughs> that's just to say that if 106 is going to be any good, because we haven't done that yet. So you'll have to wait and find out. But definitely you might want to skip 105. But that's what I actually had, is that he wants to make sure, A, that Will is not going to smack him with an oar again, because yeah. the cave thing. Since he can't have Will locked up like he did Elizabeth, and then he's also going to need his help to fight, Yeah, this is his way of getting Will sufficiently angry to make that rash decision to fight cursed pirates. Right? Yeah. He's just buttering them up. You're here because of Elizabeth, who is now giving you the oar, or the shaft of the oar. And marrying Norrington. And marrying to Norrington. And you'll die for her. Exactly. He's dying for someone he can't have now. But he still loves her, and he's going to go through with it. But I think that's exactly what Jack was doing. Now, I know this is going to get rough for you, and you're going to have to get your little dwarf hamster running on the wheel in there. Oh, no. Have you noticed that there are quite a few character pairings in this movie? Do I need to insert cricket noises here? Kind of. Like, 
Each of them seem to fall on different points on a scale, say, from light to dark, when we talk about good versus evil, that kind of stuff. But they either play directly off each other or as pairs off other pairs or individuals, whatever the combination. But it's interesting to see how this works in the film. There is, of course, the main light versus dark or semi-light versus dark. When we talk about Jack and Barbosa, yeah, kind of the pair, the yeah. yin and the yang. But there's Mulroy and Murtog, Pintel and Rigetti, Will and Elizabeth, and Kohler and Twig. And that's just the ones that I could think of off the top of my head right now. What about Boson? He all up. His name is like a hyphenated thing, so he is Bo He's and two son. people. I can't believe we just added that. Can you? <laughs> why, why did you say that? Why did you have to go there? You know what this episode is? It's bootstrap, strapped to a cannon by his bootstraps, and we're plunging to the depths of Davy Jones's crushing locker. And you just had to go and add that. Yeah. That's just pretty sad. But seriously, there's a lot of pairs that are going on in this movie. That there is. And I just think it's an interesting twist. Because it appears that often the characters are needed to work off one another or to provide that balance, such as between humor and seriousness. Yeah. I think there's really many examples across the whole movie, but... Why I say this now is because lately I've noticed this between two cursed crew pairings. And that's Pintel and Rigetti and Kohler and Twig. Pintel and Rigetti provide that bit of comedic relief. But it's interrupted, or it seems to be always interrupted lately. By, by pirates? Twig and Kohler. Yeah. Or at least the Twig part. Twig is the guy that seems to have more lines at this point. Yeah. And Kohler is usually left to getting like supporting grunts or growls at them for something. Just like here. Pentel is trying to ease Will's mind, saying, oh, it's just going to be a prick of the finger and then you'll be done. Twig comes up and says, hell no, there's no mistakes this time. We're spilling it. We're spilling all his blood. Why? Why Twig's what? time. Why are they going to spill all his blood? Because they don't want to sit around and see if just one. Because he's only half Turner. Oh, that's right. I did have half Turner in my notes. Yeah. I didn't know. I thought I didn't know you were going for the so actual line. Time. I didn't know you were going for the actual line. I thought you were going for like an Insert existential crit- crickets here critique. Nope. But the real question is: Should you listen to this episode or not? <laughs> <laughs> no, but seriously, I don't know why you keep derailing things here. I'm actually trying to have a nice, poignant discussion about Kohler and Twig and pairings and Pentel and Rigetti. Yes. Yeah, so there is really this unique. Development between the characters. Characters playing off each other. I think the real reason that Pintel didn't want Will to know what was really going to happen. A, and realistically, because Pintel's just out of the loop and this is what happened. Yeah, he didn't know. But the real actual reason that's in the back of his mind is, is probably when he wanted to slap Twig, is that, wait a second, if you tell him and this guy decides not to walk, then I have to carry him. I have to carry him. Me and Rigetti have to carry this guy all the way to the Aztec chest. Nobody else is going to carry him. No. So they're probably thinking, Twig, damn it, Twig. Why'd you say that? Because he just may stop walking. (laughs) But no, that was probably what was really in the back of his mind, actually. Yeah, I'm just saying, I just think he didn't know. Well, of course he didn't know. I was just hypothesizing there. And plus, I was trying to bring it back to a real discussion with your crazy antics that you've had this round. But I guess he's got a reason to fret. (laughs) (laughs) We're really not drunk today, seriously. (laughs) Just kidding. (laughs) (laughs) Must be that lemon water. (laughs) No kidding. I apologize that you had to listen to that. My soul almost... I don't even know what to say. I I just apologize. That is is the worst commentary ever. Really? Yeah, that ever. 
I don't really have anything else. And I think that you don't either from the way that you're going. So I'm just going to wrap things up. Even if this is a shorter episode, because it really has derailed and we can gather our composure and come back for a minute 106. That is up to our usual standards, hopefully. Hopefully we can gather our composure. Yeah, exactly. Hopefully we can gather our composure. But man, what a brutal episode. And I blame you for all this, actually. What happened? (laughs) I don't know. My God. I was just throwing things out there. You know what's going to happen? Is Disney is finally going to go, I've been hearing some great things about this Pirates of the Caribbean podcast. Let's give it a listen. Oh, let's listen to 105? Then they're going to jump on board and go, what the hell was that? God, that was a train wreck. (laughs) Boy, people just listen to anything out there. (laughs) And then it all goes away. Then they finally actually, they're going to go, you guys can't use Pirates of the Caribbean name, any affiliation. In fact... You have to change the name. You have to have this huge disclaimer with a really fast talker. That's what's going to happen. And I'm going to blame it all on you. Really? Yeah, I will. So before Disney comes and lays the hammer of grief upon me, before my soul gets crushed by the depths of Davy Jones' locker, we'll be back tomorrow with Minute 106 in a better episode of The Curse of the Black Pearl on the Pirates of the Caribbean Minute. Until then, let's keep the horn swoggling to a minimum. Where's that rum? Yeah. You drank it all. Heather, no surprise to find you in the tavern with a tankard full of rum in your hand. What was that for? You said you were going to meet me at the Pirates of the Caribbean Minute Cursed Listeners Crew Facebook group hours ago. I was? Mother's love, why'd you slap me again? That's for not reminding people how to contact us. Get to it, you filthy bilge rat. Man, I obviously get no respect around here. So scallywags... Thanks for listening. If you like the show, give us a review on iTunes. It helps us out, and we greatly appreciate it. Have a question or comment? Give us a call at 8637-PIRATE. We just might play your voicemail on the show. You can also give us a shout at podcast at blackpearlminute.com. And don't forget to join the post-episode brawls on Facebook, our Facebook listeners group, and on Twitter. If you're interested in best of clips, you can find us on SoundCloud. All the links are on blackpearlminute.com. It's that easy. It's that easy.